0: It's a gorgeous afternoon and we are delighted to have June Eleni Lane as our very special guest today. June Eleni Lane is a published author, spirit-inspired speaker, international consultant and educator delving into the mysteries of life and death. She believes that through our frequency, we attract who and what we need in order to grow and develop. For more than 28 years, June Elleny has sketched recognizable portraits of people after they die to bring evidence to their loved ones that their consciousness survives. She also interprets their memories and messages. The photographs shown on her website gallery, which I will link up when I publish this video, are shared by clients to validate the likeness after the session. As for the session today, she says, Life is about feeling a connection and honoring our intuition. After that, miracles can happen. Let us have a conversation about the inner voice we call intuition. On this note, welcome everybody and welcome Jude Elodie. And thank you for agreeing to do this session with us. And I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to be ending the series with you. Powerhouse of
1: Talent. Oh, uh-huh. thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. It's always lovely to talk about intuition. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's so let's start at the very start. When did this
0: entire process, or when did you feel that there was something that you really had to tell the world about and tapping into this intuition? And you opened up to share this with the with the vast majority of the world.
1: It was very interesting because the way that I was involved, really, I was unwilling. I just had some very frightening experiences that rocketed me towards trying to find out what was going on. So it was difficult for me to sleep at night. I would hear voices and noises and have feelings and out-of-body experiences. And I didn't like it. I was running in the other direction, run for the hills. Uh, But eventually, I managed to find somebody that could explain to me what was going on. And then I started to understand that there is this connection that we have um, with more than the physical world. You know, there's a connection to other things, things that don't change. The physical world is changeable. And in, in our physicality, we are part of everything that is changeable. And it's all temporary, it's all it comes and goes and changes, and that's normal. It's part of what's changeable. But when we start to connect to our insides, we start to connect to something that isn't changeable, that's something that's more permanent, something that's there before we even have a physical experience, and something that's there after the physical experience is over. And somehow that was comforting you know very comforting to me and you must feel it too because you know you, you're doing some great work here i love what you're doing i love the name d, d- remind me what that means again d D. The, the sanskrit
0: word meaning um intellect wisdom knowledge everything <laughs> okay. I thinking, well, i'm using it basically for oneness to bring things together in that in the sense of like as you, as you beautifully put, that there is something which is the basis of all of us, which, is, which doesn't change. And the idea with this entire project was to bring everybody into that space of oneness. And which I awesome. Sorry, sorry to talk over
1: you. No, no, it's fine. I was just saying that sounds wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's and amazing. that was one of the invited guests on your session. And uh, when I was reading the intro, how people go back to, you know, um, talk about their experiences i would like to say this on record but i have had this fantastic experience at june eleni's session and the amazing people that i met and the kind of messages that i got i was like i couldn't sleep for the next three nights out of excitement
1: wow it's wonderful and i think at this particular time you know where everything that used to be normal has changed Um, The world has changed, not just one particular country, but the whole world has changed. People are looking for answers. I think people are starting to doubt um, what they see, what they're told, you know, things change so often, what to believe, what not to believe. Um, and especially when we delve a little deeper and we start to see that somehow people's opinions who we trust as being our leaders seem to change depending what their incentive is to um, say whatever it is they're going to say, which means that we have to really be a lot more self-reliant. We need to learn how to go inside and trust the voice, the unchanging voice. And sometimes people say to me, but there are so many voices that I'm listening to even inside. Which one can I actually trust? And that, that's a very interesting question yeah. and brings with it very interesting answers as well. Uh, from my experience, I've been doing this for a very long time now. And in my experience, I understand there are basically two main voices and lots of sub-voices. But the two main voices is, is our own voice, which stems from our own sense of self, or, or in other words, the one that we can call ego. And that's the one who's generally in fear, fear of loss mostly, fear of not being enough, not having enough. And with that comes a sense of urgency. So fear and urgency. So if the voice is telling you, oh, gosh, I'm fear of missing out. I'm fear if I don't do it quickly, I will lose. I'm fear that I'm not enough or I'm a fear that I'm too much. Whatever it is, we tend to find that that's the voice that's the changing voice. That's the voice that it's probably not a good idea to trust most of the time. And then there's another voice that is calmer that says, well, if I lose it, I was never supposed to have it. You know, that that sense of let's just be, let's just intend and be in a place of calm, knowing, and and my body will tell me what is right, what is not right. If I reach for something and, and my body's uncomfortable about reaching for that, then don't reach for it. Listen, the body sometimes because the body is very connected with the heart, whereas the mind is very connected with the brain and the heart has a larger energy field than the brain. The Institute of heart Math tells us that. So it's good to listen to the heart, but it's also good to allow the heart to interpret the things that we actually hear and and move into a place of being able to allow. I always tell my students when um, we're using spirit-inspired art, which is my thing, as you know. Um, You're going to put a link up on my website so people can see. Um, But I always tell my students, don't chase it. Let it come to you. Come into the feminine aspect of life. The male side is to go out there and chase and and do and, and judge and decide and the female side is to respond, receive and, and be aware that whatever I intend for will come to me. All I have to do is be prepared to know that I'm good enough to receive. And that's huge. It's a big one. And, and that's probably the reason why a lot of us find it not easy to receive. Because part of us thinks that we don't actually deserve it. So a lot of work that I that I try to teach or at least point at, you know, I point at things and it's up to people if they want to look in that direction or not. And if they don't, then whichever direction they look maybe is their path. It's not for me to interfere. But I tend to point it point in a direction and, and hope that people will find something, whatever it is, whatever is right for them in that direction. But I, I like to say that It's all about your self-worth and who you are and that you're entitled to receive. It's okay for you to receive because in a world, especially for women who tend to sacrifice themselves for their children, for their man, for their community, for whatever else is out there, (laughs) women tend to do that much more than men. I think men are, are much better at being disagreeable yeah. Than women, and we tend to do a lot of self-sacrifice. Although some men do that too, but on the extremes, you know, it, it's it's a it's a proven fact that on the extremes, the most agreeable people in the world are women. The most disagreeable people in the world are men. But in the middle, there's not a lot of difference between us, and we both have men and female aspects. Yeah. Does that's, that make that's it? Really no? That
0: that's that absolutely. That's absolutely. Um, beautifully put and that makes perfect sense because i got it from your session from being on your session where one of your students turned around and said you got to embrace the feminine energy and i was like oh no that's all right um and, and and most of us i know from my personal experience i have this problem that you know that i for the longest time i felt i don't deserve it i you know i i probably am not good enough and that was very psychologically conditioned in me And I can understand when people say that, you know, I don't deserve it because I know I'm not good enough. And then you compare and you go in this entire negative cycle of things, which is hard to You know, yeah,
1: sorry, and and also there are some people who don't even realize that they have an unconscious Mm. inability to receive because it's unconscious. They think that they love themselves, they think that they're good enough, but when you really get down to the bottom line, there's something in there, normally from childhood, that actually prevents them from being open to receive. Mm
0: completely that completely resonates with me I understand it's a lot of work to getting to shifting that energy within you to actually loving you the way you are and to acknowledge that I want to ask you because you said the painting and this drawing is like is your thing and this is the, this is a very niche area that you're working so how did this come along how did this entire sketching uh, happen to you or how did you get into
1: it? Well, it's quite a funny story because when I actually um, went along to the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain, which is where I trained, I went there, as I told you, because I just wanted to make whatever was happening to me stop. It was too frightening. So I learned to make it stop. And I I always give this metaphor and it it just works so perfectly for me. It's like somebody says to you, here are the car keys for a very fast, very sporty car, but I'm not going to tell you where the brakes are. Terrifying. I'm not going to want to drive that. You tell me where the brakes are, then I'm going to have fun. So they, they showed me basically where the brakes are, where you can actually switch it on and off. And there is a, if you look on my YouTube channel, there is a video of cleansing and closing the chakras. And that's a way to switch off any um, nuisance energy, I'll call it, or unhelpful energy. Because as we start to open up and we start to go inside, our chakras open, we become more aware of other people's energy. And therefore, we start to pick up on other people's negative energy for want of a better word or maybe unhelpful energy so someone's got a headache we pick it up someone's in fear we pick it up and doesn't fear spread like wildfire we can see that in the lockdown you know if people are in fear and they they talk to you, before you even leave them, you've become infected with this pandemic of fear that's circulating the world at the moment. So, yeah, I suggest that you do the cleansing and closing down. And there's also another video on my channel where you can literally use art. You were asking me how to use art in everyday life, where you can literally draw out your angst and then I ask people if they can find a safe place to burn it, you know if to burn it and 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 to to send it to the light, so that all the fear leaves us because when our identity comes from being I am creating my human experience rather than oh, what's happening to me, and why is this happening to me, which is a victim mentality, if you can change your identity from victim to creator then Everything around you changes. You know, we can even come through a pandemic like this as, well, why did I create this? The questions we ask each other change from why is this happening to me to why did I create this? And why did I create this is a much more empowering question. And there are solutions then because if I created it to make me more aware of going inside and taking my own counsel rather than trusting everybody that's in power around me to be doing the right thing, which sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't, then we start to become um, more powerful in the world. So that's what I like to point out. Every single one of us as individuals has the capacity to be able to make decisions for ourselves to be able to change our way of being to become more powerful and it's it's so exciting yeah
0: it's absolutely exciting and before we before i put this on record you were telling me about this shift that you have you are witnessing in people because of this pandemic where more and more people are now wanting to there's a desire to understand themselves their own selves and facing their own fears and coming out of it. so in your experience now that you've been in this profession for 28 years and counting um how is this shift is the is this shift uh, has it shocked you or did you always kind of knew that the shift was going to come at some point
1: well the shift in in awakening consciousness is everywhere it's all over the internet all over the the new age, and different people see it in different ways. But the shift is coming. There is no question the shift is coming. And what this has done, this has accelerated it. It's almost like the battle between our own light and our own shadow is playing out on the outside as well as on the inside. So as, as much as we have a shadow that we need to embrace, it's no good saying, gosh, you know, I, I I want to ignore the parts of me that I don't like. We can't because everything on the outside is reflecting on the inside. I remember once that I had a student come to me and she said, oh, you know, this one and that one and the other one, and if they would just leave me alone, I would be okay. I said, okay, well, what I'm hearing is that I'm okay. It's the others. She said, exactly. I knew you would understand And then I said to her, no, there are no others. (laughs) And she put the phone down and an hour later, okay, I get it, I get it. I'm sorry, there are no others. People on the outside are reflecting parts of me that I don't like, that I need to embrace and heal. And that's kind of what we need to do. And it sounds as if it's too far away sometimes. But if we just look at the people in our life that push our buttons the most, and ask ourselves two simple questions. Is there a way I need to be more like them? Or is there a way I need to be less like them? And if you can answer that honestly, they will stop pressing your buttons because you've got the lesson. That's
0: that's a very useful hint. I think everyone on this call today would probably, that's one takeaway that everyone's going to go back and say, okay, I'm just going to check the list of people who are pushing my buttons in the right way or in the wrong way and where do I stand thank you that's that's what I didn't
1: really yeah say. and and for example you know if if you're surrounded all of a sudden by people who are very loud and very opinionated and have their own way of doing things and won't listen there's the two questions so am I like that do I need to Keep my mouth shut a little bit more and listen more. Or actually, have I lost my voice and do I need to voice and ask for what I need? And you'll just know that that voice that never changes on the inside, you'll know it's a sense of knowing which way it is. And then you get the choice. I can either correct that or I can continue as I am and have my buttons pressed by loud people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when you talk of these choices that we get as human beings, all of us have these choices and uh, most of us, if you're not really in line or aligned with things, you tend to make the tend to t- pick up on the choices which do not serve you in the long run and then you find yourself in this you know a blocked state of energies and everything is very negative and you don't really like things about you and everything. So how does one really come out of it? Is it like and then also, is there the choice that you stay in it or you want to change it? Now, do you really want to change everything from the start or where do you really start changing? Is it like whenever you wake up, you find yourself to you be changed?
1: Or no, the time it's do you change? It's a lovely question, Taps, and, it, and it's one that we all ask for. And, and what I've come to understand is that everything starts with our identity, as I said before. And as soon as you change your identity from... I am creating a human experience rather than I am suffering or why is this happening to me, then all the questions that we ask ourselves change. So if you can ask, why am I creating this as opposed to why is this happening to me, already you've got a head start on trying to change it and choosing to do things differently and understanding that everything that you give your attention to, remember we pay attention, Why do we pay attention? Our attention must be valuable if we can pay with it. So whatever we pay attention to is what we give the energy to to bring it to life. So I may be manifesting or creating something right now that I paid attention to yesterday or last week or three weeks ago. And that's the type of thing that when we change our identity, we have to look out for because you may have created what's coming in front of you when you were in your old identity. So the question again, why did I create this, helps you to say, ah, I remember now I created that because I thought a different way four months ago and that's coming to reality now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make
0: sense. I think I need to do some some self-reflection work like I did the previous session of yours that was in and now I was like couldn't sleep out of excitement today I think I have to go back and do some work um, but thank you for that that's very encouraging tell me about this amazing piece of documentary work that you are doing with India and all the other mystics in the world
1: <laughs> well that's a bit top secret at the moment because it's a work in progress but, but basically what we're trying to do is um, make a tv program that will help people to see mind before matter which is basically what i'm saying whatever you think whatever comes into your thoughts encourages you to feel something there's an exercise that i do that absolutely proves this it's what i call the three people exercise hey should we do it now yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay, so, so think of three people in your life. One, one person that you love. So think about that person for a, for a couple of 30 seconds or so. Think about the person that you love and then look into your body for how that makes you feel. Where you can feel that and what it is that you can feel. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to respond to me because we've got other people here and we can't go around to everyone. So someone you love, how does that make you feel and where are you feeling it? In my heart. In your heart, okay. Okay, so now think about somebody who presses your buttons. Yeah. I think
0: in my head, literally,
1: like going <laughs> bang, bang, bang in my forehead. Yeah. So again, feelings are different because of your yeah. thought. Now, the third person is to think about somebody who actually is a complete stranger that you don't know, but caught your eye for whatever reason or another.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I think to see him somewhere in my head, but not really feel him
1: okay so 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 you've you've kind of got three different feelings based on three different thoughts right so so the thoughts create the feelings the feelings create action so now i want to do something about that now i'm feeling it now i want to act on it this is emotion The clue's in the word, motion. So our emotions set things in motion. So you change your thoughts, you change your feelings, you change your emotion, you change your actions, you change your world. So mind before matter, right? It's
0: beautiful.
1: This is is what we're trying to give people. that, that You know, in the ancients, especially in India, That that 6,000 years old, Vedic text, Ayurveda, Jyotish, all of that has all been there. And science now in the West is starting to prove that. And we're going into that in detail. And we're we're hopefully going to give people lots of takeaways from this program to help them as we come out of lockdown, to help people to be more empowered as individuals and not to be so reliant on our particular Heads of state or prime ministers or whoever they are that are making the rules which sometimes maybe aren't in our best interests but sometimes are and being able to discern the difference for ourselves because we're all different and that, that's the joy of humanity. There are so many differences between us. There are eight seven 7.8 billion worlds on this earth because we all look at the world differently.
0: Yeah. That that's yeah, that I never thought of it that way. That's that's amazing. That's a very nice perspective. Um, in your in your experience and this work that you do where you're basically tapping into, you know, in an into an individual and the individual's power basically, then the person becomes more aware and awake to take the right decisions, that's right for him and her. Um, how do you see the problems that the so called world puts out? Uh like Uh, taking this pandemic out like like, how do you see the world hunger problem do you think we really have a problem with poverty and hunger
1: well if you ask someone who's hungry and in poverty they're going to tell you yes of course you know but but if there are no others we all have poverty and hunger inside of us somewhere we all feel some loss some lack if we're in the place of victim mentality. Mm. So as soon as we change our identity, um, everything changes inside, then everything changes outside. Everything on the outside is to remind us what's going on inside. Mm. Does does that make sense?
0: It perfectly makes sense because I'm with you on the same page. I feel exactly this, but then the way we are sort of projected within the within the economic setup and everything, it just makes it feel like this is a problem that everybody
1: needs to go and yeah. solve. And, and, and it's a problem that, that's that been born from generations before us who's passed it down through the DNA, you know, and, and our egos bought it. And it's, it's become so... Um, I won't say real, but it seems real. It seems so real that we buy into it and our attention on it makes it even more real. And so we go on in a spiral of lack as opposed to a spiral of abundance. We've heard abundance mentality, lack mentality. And at the beginning, it's a choice. But when we get so far down the road of lack mentality, it's not very easy to come back. It's simple but it's not easy and we have to come back in stages. I I sent a a picture, um, an image to a friend of mine the other day who's had a very deep loss of her long-term relationship, her husband. And the, the, the picture was of two ladders against a wall and one of them had great wide steps going up, someone at the bottom trying to reach, they couldn't reach. And the other had very narrow steps, but many more of them and somebody actually being able to run up those steps. So it's like, don't try and run up a hill, just take the first step move towards it slowly go small steps and then you make another step and another step and another step mm. simply yeah we all want to be able to jump the highest step and jump as quickly as possible but it can't always work like that because we've had years and ancestry of um programming social programming as well as individual programming mm. you know Where do we learn from? We learn from people that were here before us. So if we were fortunate enough to be born into abundance mentality, then we're born into that. But if we're born into poverty mentality, it's not so easy to step away from that. But it is possible.
0: Yeah, it is possible. And I think with the work that you do and, you know, the work that your students do, I think you're literally encouraging people now to, Take control and get into that abundance mentality because there's enough for all of us to go around and you know, and live absolutely amazing lives. Um, but then we choose to, and I think somewhere that lack mentality is comforting
1: as well because you've seen, you know, your forefathers and you, you come know it. it exactly. It's familiar, and when something's familiar, it's not easy to change. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like to do my spirit portraits. Because when I do a draw a spirit portrait, imagine you come to a stranger, they don't know you, they don't know your family, and suddenly you see your mother's face appear on the screen in front of you with messages about her life and, and messages that you can't deny are true, and there's enough of a resemblance on the picture. suddenly, your mind opens to the possibility that hey, maybe there is something beyond what I thought was possible. So that's the first step in. If you like it, it, it's, I don't mean to um, disrespect it or downgrade it in any way by saying this, but it's like the window dressing that brings the person into the shop. Window dressing is very important. If your window looks dull, no one's coming in your shop. But if there's something thrilling in the window, something that's different, something that catches your attention, you're coming in the shop. That's
0: that's that's absolutely you know beautiful, and that's spot on because that's what I feel like. Do I really like going to a shop which doesn't look nice? Probably I would. But then, how does intuition play the role here? Because sometimes you're driven into some things which you probably. They don't look that appetizing from the the outside. They don't look that fabulous. But you still would go. Um, And some people would go. Not
1: everybody, but very few would go. So how do you then explain that? Well, remember, intuition is simply your inner tutor. Intuition. Different from inspiration. Inspiration is to inspire in spirit, to bring in spirit wisdom. So when we have spirit wisdom coming in and we have our intellect trying to interpret it, that's what we call intuition. So our intuition can only be as good as our inner tutor. So it's our job to develop our inner tutor by bringing in more inspiration from the place that's not changeable. Our intuition changes as we grow and develop. The inspiration that comes in then appears to us differently. So it's all about practice yeah the small steps to take us to where we want to go
0: beautiful and what is it if for you like how do you see your life going ahead because you're an author you are this person who's helped millions of people around the world to find their own potential and you, know, you help people day in and out you teach a lot of students and most of your students if I remember correctly use these skills to better themselves for their own self-development and personal development um what do you see your role in the society in in the world today how do you see yourself and what is it like where do you see what, what is that achieve do you have the sense of something that you
1: want to achieve do you have it I, I have a sense that it's my job to point at things. That's what I do. I point at things. Did you consider this? I try to help people to change their perspective, you know, because there is no absolute truth. There's a truth from this angle. Let, let's say the tr- truth is shaped like a cylinder. You may have seen this diagram. I find it a, a, a really good diagram. It's, it's a cylinder. And from the front end, it looks like a circle and its shadow is a circle. So that's the truth from this direction. But if you look at the cylinder from this perspective, it looks like a triangle when you see its shadow. So which is the truth? They're both true, but the truth is the cylinder, which is not always easy to see. So I just like to help people to change their perspective, if necessary, and if not, no problem so i simply like to point out how powerful people are because that's i see them in that way and if i can see them in that way i'm sure that at some stage they'll be able to see themselves in that way
0: beautiful and do you have any aspiration like something that you want to achieve in the material plane or i really want, i plan? want to
1: help as many people as hmm. possible hmm. and and
0: by writing a new book or anything nothing? in whatever
1: way I can
0: okay
1: in whatever way <laughs> I can really. I mean it would be really great to be able to get this um tv show yeah. in front okay. of people because that would reach a wider audience and I'm very interested to do that if that's the right thing to do mm. you know I, I I go with the flow I don't get attached to too many things mm. I think that's quite good I think it's very interesting to see the difference between non-attachment and detachment. Mm-hmm. Some people say oh, I'm not attached to anything, which basically means they are dis- detached, which is disassociation. And that's not the same thing as non-attachment. No. <laughs> and we we can tell that when we try to meditate.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um lots of us feel the the need to meditate, um, and we think that we need to go into a space where everything just disappears. And, of course, we come again to the small steps. we It's not about detachment. It's about being aware of the world and being able to enjoy the world but being non-attached to it,
0: yeah.
1: being able to say, you know what, if I lose that, it was not for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. and as be opposed-
0: okay with it because most of the people be okay it. with
1: it yeah and, and enjoy what's there that does come your way rather than be detached from it
0: yeah. yeah absolutely and when you sort of because you teach a lot of people and you have all these other you know your main inspiration and aspiration is to help as many people as you want What is your personal practice to be this in this zone of, in this mode of alignment and in the central uh, neutral space? Do you have a special
1: practice that you do? My special practice is just to keep reminding myself that I can improve. I can always improve. I can always learn. I know nothing. If I keep telling myself I don't know anything, then I'll always improve. I'll always move towards it and that it doesn't matter and that it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter <laughs> because it will only matter if I give it my attention. Mm. And sometimes I want to make things matter and that's okay and that doesn't matter either. Yeah. So it, it, it really is a, a, a move towards a process of being mm. non-attached. And I just have to keep reminding myself because sometimes things are so, it's like watching a movie, you know, you're in the theatre watching a movie and whilst you're watching it, everything seems so real and it's affecting your thoughts and feelings and your actions. And then you just have to remind yourself that actually it's just a movie, it's okay, let's see how it plays out. But that's, it's simple but it's not easy every day you just have to remind yourself some people say to me you know I cleanse I close down I do it and and then suddenly I feel other people's energy and I well I always say it's a little bit like dusting your house just because you've done it once doesn't mean you don't have to do it again and again and again and again because I have to because we're in the midst of this human experience that we're creating And the whole idea is not to be disappointed, but to be thrilled by that. Mm. Let me be thrilled by the human experience that I'm creating. Yeah, because it's only here that I can do that.
0: Yeah, because (laughs)
1: exactly. Yeah, if I go back to being part of the oneness. Yeah, there's nothing. There's
0: no thrill there. You know, you can't create. (laughs) You can't. You can't do anything. There's nothing.
1: There's nothing to do there. It's just you have to be. Um, You just be exactly, and And that's the one thing missing from the oneness, isn't it? Lack. Yeah. So if we're here and we're experiencing lack, and then we're experiencing abundance, and we can see the duality, we have to be in the duality to understand the light and the shadow, Mm. the poverty and the richness. Mm. And, and be okay with it. It's just like an observer. And, observe. and, and this too will is part of what's changeable. Mm. And therefore it's going to change. Mm. The good will change. The not so good will change. Because it's what's part of what's changeable. It's all going to change shape. Yeah. During the course of the time element that we've come to experience in this particular life yeah. that we're creating
0: beautiful I mean this is this has been an incredible session it was like it's an honor I I knew that you know it You were like one of a
1: kind guest. Oh, the honour is all mine. (laughs) Trust me, I love connecting with people. It's wonderful. And you're doing such an amazing job. You know, I've seen you on a few interviews. You're a wonderful person. And And I wish you so much um, joy in what you're doing because I can see that you get joy. And you're a numbers person too, right? The pattern of numbers. I love I the it. The
0: pattern of numbers. And which is why when I said, like, you know, like when we first got, uh, you know, spoke, I did say that, you know, this, I work from the space of intuition and it's like this inner voice that I honor. And um, it, when I started the series, You and Spirituality, I just felt this, is, this should be the name of the series. And the first guest of mine was this. Um, psychic and medium uh, who joined me and we spoke about intuition. Little did I know at that point that I would be ending the series with another person who's exactly coming from the same space. I mean, I can't call it coincidence. I just have to call it that there is a pattern, this was meant to happen, and here
1: is where we are. Absolutely, and just accept that and love the idea that that happens because when we're experiencing synchronicity, or coincidence for some that that would prefer to call it that, it just gives us this wonderful feeling, doesn't it, inside? So the thought creates the feeling, creates the emotion, creates the action. And that's how we create.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you, June Eleni, for your time today. And I would like to thank everyone who's joined us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was amazing talking to you. I can't thank you enough. And I wish you all the very best and all that you do. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much. Take care.
0: Take care. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.